So that is the coolest sort of memory of <laughs> a reminder of a last name. I need to get, I need to get something good like that. <laughs> I'm with Sarah Selecki, and it's like so lucky, but with a E, Selecki. Mm-hmm. People are never going to forget that. I'm never going to forget that. That's so good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. And it's true. I'm so lucky. <laughs> awesome. We're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> There's our goal. There's our goal. For, there's our, our takeaway action item <laughs> is to come up with a, what is that word? It's like a mnemonic. A mnemonic. It's M-N. How do you even pronounce that? I need a mnemonic for how to pronounce mnemonic. I think it's an, it's mnemonic. I think it's an, it's like an, a silent M. Let's just say. Yeah. Here we go. There's two, there's two writers here. Like, I think it's an NM. I think it's a C anemone. What's the root of that word? It has to do with memory. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. It is a, a, it's already a joy talking with you. We've already talked a few times and we just need to hit record because we have, and we need to, we need to watch the clock because I think our only challenge is going to be, we have way too much in common and way too much parallels and overlaps and exciting ones and fun ones and efficient and effective ones and cool stuff for both of our audiences that I really think they can benefit from both of what we're offering. And, and as you said, like a, like a toggle, need mm. some of that, need some of that, need some of Bradley, yeah. need some of Sarah, need some of Bradley. Yeah. Need some of Sarah. I feel like talking to you about your work. I feel like there's, there's such a benefit like drafting and revising. It's not like you write it. It's not like you write a book from start to finish without going back. Like there's, there's some uh, yeah. cycles involved in that. And in the same way, I feel like there'd be some good toggling between our work yeah. for writers. Yeah. So to jump right into writing, you said something. So by the way, Sarah, we'll get into it in a minute, but she has like, I joke to pieces about my my quote unquote writing courses, because especially when I have a course called Write Your Worst Book Ever, that I can never even say without a smile, much less like <laughs> a small laugh, because that's really what I'm all about is getting it done and having fun and uh, and not caring and all, all that good stuff that my audience knows about. But Sarah has like legit course. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. Because then I'm like saying, what am I saying about my own thing? But I know what I'm saying about my own thing. And that's okay. I'm owning it. I'm owning it. So you said a minute ago, you said, because I was asking, you focus more on fiction than nonfiction. But then you said, well... And yeah, you said, I said not really. I mean, yeah. I come from a background. I have learned um, my writing came from a background of fiction and short fiction in particular, which happens to also just be a very handy way to work on craft because you can have something that's 30 pages or less and that's finished that you can talk yeah. about in an hour with someone else. But what I really do is work on, uh, I teach people how to embody their craft, how to make their writing sing and feel embodied and feel true um and that whether you're writing memoir or fantasy yeah. or um non-fiction fiction yeah. any form writing craft is writing craft so i came from a background of fiction but the work i mean there's a character in memoir whether it's real or not real there's a there's a characterization that needs to happen in and through the writing so i teach people how to do that well yeah. you know one of my students is he's doing this technique that i love this 
And every time I think about it, I think, why don't I do that more often? But he, I, cause I write more just more nonfiction, personal development stuff. And I definitely get the stories in there, but he's doing this sort of, you know, follow Jonathan Applefield uh, along his journey. And you get this mm-hmm. kind of fictionalized story of this. I think it's sort of a fictionalized person. And they go through his, you know, his nonfiction content mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. Johnny Applefield story. And so there's, like you just said, it, it, you, I wrote down, embody their scene. Embody the scene. So, I mean, Love that's that. how, if you if you break it down, what's happening I don't know. I'm not a neurologist. I don't know neurologically exactly what's happening, but I, you know, I, I pretend because I feel it in my body when I read a scene yeah, 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 yeah. that feels real. So this, what's his name? Johnny Appleby. What's his name? The character? Um, Applefield. He's a, he's a Applefield. cousin of Appleseed, but they yeah, just Applefield. The Ellis <laughs> Island and they screwed up at Ellis okay. Island. So Johnny Applefield, I mean, if I know what he looks like, then I can have a picture of him in my mind. Like it's like cinematic. So I can have a little picture. It's like, it gives me purchase in image. All the five senses do that. So if, if he wow. wears a certain kind of cologne or uses a certain kind of soap, if he, um, if whatever time of day it is, if there's like a sound of wind coming through the trees in the morning that anchors me in the scene and the place and my body, which is how I take in everything in the world. It's how I understand yeah. and know myself in it. My body can anchor on those elements of the senses so that then I have a movie kind of running in my head so that I feel like I'm the character or I feel like I'm there with the character. Maybe it depends on what we can use different craft elements to say, if you want to be like the character themselves or just sort of sitting on the shoulder of their character watching or a big, a big bird's eye view of the characters. There are different things you can do with the quote unquote camera angle of your point of view in your scene but very simply if you can um if you can let go of writing about or telling about what your character is doing and instead embody it on behalf of your character and become that character's consciousness no matter what genre you're working in your reader will have that experience of consciousness in and through reading your work so then it becomes almost it, beca- it it lands in the same part of our brains as a memory so it be- that's like when we really feel something when you read a book and you're like oh at the end of a book and it feels and it, you feel yeah, it yeah. because you've been there with it so there's a there's an element of um magic there's an element of like yeah. that's the trick of the trade that's the art yeah and that's that's what i teach people to how to do which you know we we know how to do that when we're really little we're experiencing right. everything that way, but often through schooling, we we begin to write reports, um, and we can begin to take our teachers tell us to take I out of our sentences and make everything very official, mm. and through that academic learning, we forget how to embody our writing, and it becomes something else. Wow, you know I love when I'm such a doer. I just do, and I just I do. I get stuff done. Okay. But I don't necessarily, I don't have terminology necessarily for it. Or, oh, I'm using the uh, Jonathan methodology for this or this particular technique or whatever. I'm just doing. But then it's fun to hear what you're saying because then I can apply it back to what I've done and realize like, oh, wow. 
and I can see because in especially in my nonfiction books, I definitely have stories in there. And I'll mm-hmm. I know because and that's what I hear back from people. I hear they're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that cocktail party thing, uh, event, whatever mm-hmm. in your book. I'm like, cocktail party. I'm like, oh yeah. Because I think, you know, what topic is that? And they're like, no, 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 it's the cocktail it. No, party. it's not the topic. And what's uh, what's really interesting about this is, and from what you're from what you're sharing, is that often those times when we write an embodied scene, I'm just going to call it an embodied scene, but when yeah. we lose ourselves in scene, there's there are different ways that people describe it, like the flow state or losing consciousness or, or whatever. What happens often in that time is that you become a doer, you stop thinking, you stop watching, you stop watching yourself, the self-consciousness melts away, your ego kind of dissolves a bit in the moment of writing it. And those are not the places, generally speaking, without a lot of practice to understand it, that a writer, that, a, that an emerging writer or a beginning writer can feel confident about having mm. done well, because they're not present in that in that judging way. They're yeah, not accessing yeah. the part of their mind that's seeing if it's good or not. And so what happens is you for, you may even forget that you've written that because it, yeah. you, your mind wasn't adjudicating it and evaluating it as you wrote it. You were actually present in your body as you wrote it, which means yeah. that that presence will transmit for the reader. So it's really, really great to have readers at that stage, understanding readers who understand that a raw draft is a raw draft and they're not going to start yeah. criticizing right away, but they're going to point out the moments in your writing that stood out to them, that felt true to them. And more often than not, especially when you're just starting, you don't even remember writing the parts that are most meaningful to other people because that's the moment where you've yeah. transmitted yeah. a real experience. Yeah. Wow. You know, again, as the doer, I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm thinking like, Oh yeah, that's usually good. We were talking about flow state and that's often where, I mean, of course, as we all know, that's usually where the good stuff comes from. It is. And it's, it's um, when you talk to writers who, who don't have a practice, which is what I, we were talking about. I think we should even talk about this practice, but yeah. if you wait for the muse to strike, yeah. um, then, well, I'll, t- I'll turn this around and say, there are ways that you can, and this is also what I teach, more um, arrange your life and your and your writing time so that you access the flow state more reliably and consistently. So it's not a crapshoot in other ways. In other yeah. ways, like it's there are things that you can do if you know the elements of what um, the flow state sort of requires. The different elements there are like eight things or something that the flow state requires. You can arrange your life so that those happen for you so that when every time you sit down to write it's not like waiting oh is is it going to be here or not here you show up anyway and you know what it feels like and you can you know tinker and tinker with the dials so that you show up in that flow state more often okay this is perfect because um as we briefly talked about uh, and we were talking about my story with my I wrote for 30 days and I finally got into the habit, which is coming up on 10 year anniversary. I did 30 days and 100 and 1,000 and 2,000 and 2,808 days. I did like seven plus years. I didn't miss a day in a row. And I my only rule was to hit publish by the end of the day on the, it could have been a three word little piece, could have been 3,000, mm-hmm. didn't matter. It, quality didn't matter. What, what kind of, except just my own personal, it has to 
be good enough to get published. But what I'm getting at is I got the daily thing. So thus the book every single day, mm -hmm. super simple. But what you just said, maybe we could even dissect the daily a little bit because the subtitle of next book frequency, one of the subtitles is how often to do what and why. <laughs> right. Oh, and so yeah. the, I got the daily thing, check the yeah. okay, daily. But then what you just said, it's actually kind of freaking me out a little bit. I got to say, because, because I, I, I'm like, wait a minute. No, I'm good with the daily thing. That's good enough. Right. But yeah. what you're saying, you are, you are optimizing or potentially yeah. optimizing yeah. even more. Yeah. Because, because if I know, I know myself, I'm totally morning creative guy. First yeah. thing in the morning, that's yeah. the optimal time for me. But that's probably one of your, I don't even know your eight elements. You said there's eight elements or something like it's, that. Flow, so. Yeah, it's, um, it's from flow. It's from the book by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. The, um, okay. uh, he's the Hungarian writer. We lost him in 2020. He's the, hmm. like, the grandfather of flow. <laughs> I okay. mean, he's not, he didn't invent it, but he wrote right. a pretty foundational text um, called flow. It's wonderful. And when I was reading it, it was, it's been around since the nineties, I think. And I just saw it on everybody's bookshelves of smart people. And I was like, yeah, I'll get around to that sometime. That looks really dense. I'm writing novels right now. This isn't going to happen, but um, I did read it. The smart I, people. <laughs> like, look at that. It's just so thick. Um, but what he, what he does uh, is he does case studies um, and he looks at people in a variety of different fields. So rock climbers, um, musicians, heart surgeons, writers, marathon runners, people who are involved in activities that put them in a state of flow. And he did a, an extensive research to find out what are the elements of that state? What do they have in common? And I do recommend anybody read them or just read yeah. kind of Cole's notes about, about the book um, just to get those. I actually have um, find the flow. I do have, I did do a seminar and I have a webinar on it that breaks it down for writers oh, and awesome. shows like different ways that, um, you can add that into your life so that you can do what you want to do so that you can like achieve whatever the goal is. And I know that a lot of writers stand by write every single day. Uh -huh. And I know that it's been a remarkable way to establish a habit and write books. And I think it works for a lot of people. I think that it's also, um, if you're not suited to writing every single day, it can be quite a punitive way to yeah. lead a writing life. Yeah. And um, I realized this about myself um, in the past, I don't know, handful of years, the past decade, that I'm much more project-based as a worker, as a creator, as a writer, as an explorer, as a person who lives in the world. Yeah. I like, yeah. I, I don't, my, I don't get lit up by managing a system. I get up, I get lit up by starting something and finishing it yeah. and then, and yeah. then pausing. There's a phase, there's a phase. Yeah. Of, so I don't write a lot of series. I don't, I'm not, I don't, there are writers who like write trilogies or longer, you know, like yeah. just like yeah. keep going and keep going. And that is the joy for them. But if I line myself up as a writer with someone who comes out with a book every year or a continuing book that's in the same yeah. series or same world, I feel I can feel like I'm not successful because I'm not doing yeah. that. What works more for me 
is understanding, I call it taking my temperature, understanding what it feels like to be in a flow state, like really, really studying. I've spent some time studying what that feels like for me, how it feels in my body, how it feels, what are the conditions that I can set up so that I know I'm there. And then, and then with practice, it gets easier and easier and easier to go there. So um, I still think writing every single day is great when I have a project that I want to complete. There's momentum to that. So I know that there's a book and I'm going to write every single day for 30 days or every single day for 90 days, as you say, and I'm going to finish it. And you just kind of set it in your mind. I'm going to finish this project by X and then you just do it and you see what comes out at the end of that. Um, But overall, like big picture, there are, there are years in my life where I'm not writing every day. And then I, and then I can chunk it out and go away somewhere for a week and like download a bunch write a bunch and then come back out or, you know, every month tinker away on something a little bit every month. And it's no less efficient. I think that the key is feeling like you have some agency around it, some self-knowledge and self-awareness around it, and that you do it mindfully and on purpose. So it's something that you're doing by choice that you feel like you're part of. And then then you become the creator of your own writing time. And we were talking about this before we started recording this about the frequency being there are lots of different kinds of frequencies, depending yeah. on the person, depending on the activity. So knowing and choosing it on purpose, I think, gives you the power. I think that gives you the energy um, to create something and not feel like something is happening to you or not to you, but actually that you're you're the one in you're the one in control that's collaborating with something to write something or make something or do something. You know, this is. Um... You're, you're making me think too much because Sorry. no, 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 but in a, in a good way, because I just, this is my, 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 my main, most popular best-selling book, right? Every single day. And it's just mm-hmm. called every single day. Cause it's very brutal, very simple. Right. Yep. But the subtitle that is not there, but thanks to the past five minutes, <laughs> I might maybe need to sneak in somewhere at some point. It's, because if I tell you, Sarah, okay, you should you should write every day, or you should jog every day, or you should eat broccoli every day, or whatever, and you're going to say, oh, okay, but how, how long do you want me to do that? And right. if my answer is forever, right, it, it's going to be, I mean, I can honestly almost predict your reaction is going to be, oh, yeah, that's overwhelming. forever like that's 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 a long time forever that's but that's how it feels i think that i think a lot of writers i know and a lot of writers who come to my class feel like they're failing already because they haven't written every day already and they're they don't know how they're going to write every day in the future and it's just such an it prevails it's not a myth it prevails because it a habit a strong habit where something happens like anything that we need to do to live. Like we need to breathe every day. We need to drink water every day. We yeah, need, there yeah, are things yeah. to do it. You got to floss your teeth every day. You know, these things are just like our human habits that we understand we need to do. And we stack them. Yeah. If we're, if we're into optimizing, we stack our habits, but writing isn't like flossing your teeth. No. It's a creative act. Yeah. It's not maintenance. It's creation. So thinking about it with a bit of, um, compassion for yourself and also excitement for the project that you want to achieve should, I think needs to be part of it so that you feel yeah. like, like there's some space there. Yeah. You know, when I, I, I stopped telling people that I wrote for seven plus years, every, every single day in a row, 
because it, it would freak them out. And they would say real bad. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> they're that's, like, that's oh, I could like, never be a writer. <laughs> that's, you know, Mount Zeus. Yeah. That's Mount Olympus. I'm never going to get there. And then I would even say like, at some point I thought, I don't even want you to go. You don't even want to go there. No. I, I mean, I'm a nutcase, right? And you it know, was fun for you. I mean, what I hear is me. that it was fun for you. It was an anchor. It was, it was a process. It was like, it was, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, Writing can be fun. That's a whole other topic. We yeah, can yeah. Next podcast, because yeah. even that is kind of a revolutionary concept for a lot yes. of the, a lot yes. of the writers and emerging writers I work with, like for it to be fun is like, wait, yeah. like this has to be hard for me to achieve something and yes. to yeah. achieve any credentials. But, but they've got to get over that initial hump. And I'm speaking absolutely from experience, a, a guy who was my dream was to be a writer, but I made this dream so huge and so scary and so mountainous and so yeah. insurpassable that that's why I didn't start. Yeah. Because if you don't start, you can't fail. Yeah. That was my whole philosophy. If I don't start, I can't fail. Great. Yeah. Well, what's the solution? Don't start. Cool. Done. Yeah. And but but if we remember back to hello, here I'm, I'm talking about oh, seven plus years. But if you remember, how did I start? I started because a guy like dragged me kicking, kicking and screaming, uh, totally unwilling. And he forced me for 30 days to write mm -hmm. like, against my will. I'm like, fine. No, because because mm. big bull. So super much dude resistance. Here. Oh, my God. Because yeah. no, 30 days. That's I was such the like writer snob who was not writing. Right. Hello. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. Work. That's a mutual torment. It was. Yeah, it was total very, torture. It's surprisingly common. <laughs> yeah. And and okay. And so thus surprisingly common torment, torture, self. Yeah. 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 Self torture. Yeah. And and, and so this is why I for me I've come full circle and it's been 10 years since those 30 days. It's been 10 years. And that's why now. I have this program called How to Write Your Worst Book Ever. Yeah. Because I had a program called How to Write Your Best Book Ever, and it eventually turned into total satire because I was so snarky about it. I mean, like in the, I had, I have a sales page, <laughs> and the sales page sa says something like, oh, starting date, tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. Ending date, never, 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 yeah. right? And it was all, and it was, after reading it, you're probably in tears because you're thinking, who is this guy? He's a torturer. And and that was my joke. And of course, in the end, I say, this is a whole joke. This isn't really a course because your best book ever is is either impossible or you probably shouldn't start with it because, oh, take it from me, spending nine years of not doing it. How fun was that? Not fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what? Let's bust through that. Let's bust through that. We're going to put that on the shelf real quick, that best book ever. It's not going away. Don't worry. Don't worry. But And we're going to go have fun. We're going to go have total, silly, childlike, mm -hmm. innocent, pure, slap happy, slapstick fun. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. We're going to, we're going to get, your, get your book done in 10 days. Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing about writers and writing. I'm going to try to bring this home. A lot of writers um, who I know are, are thinkers and they go into, someone has told them that they're 
at a younger age, someone told them, you know what, you're really good. You're really good at writing. You should be a lawyer. You should work in communication. Yeah. You should write this essay for your sister. You're the writer of the family. You're the writer yeah. of the family. So this platform builds, some of it is their own building. And some of it is like, just like the culture, what, what we put on writers. It's just, you know, poets used to be revered. They're not anymore, but they used to be like, right. Like, you know, kind of divinely connected almost yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Because words are really powerful and and the ability not just to communicate an idea, but to use language to talk about something to transmit. An idea, a learning, an emotion, a story, an insight yeah. that yeah. is outside of language that you can't express in words, but then to yeah. use words to express it, this is what this is what good writing does it expresses yeah. what's unexpressible and writers come into this thinking a lot <laughs> thinking actually yeah. and thinking a lot and thinking um about the thing it is that they need to stop thinking about in order to read it in other words other art forms allow the artist like a sculptor or a dancer or a musician to leave the world of language to express something and feel something and go somewhere even if they're choreographing something through length, that's very, very particular, even if it's a very complex and nuanced um, stage show in the moment of creation, language is gone. But writers need to hold on to language and all of what it's doing on the left side of our brain, which is very logical. It's like word and meaning, naming, naming, naming. It's not very artistic. It's very linear, um, yeah. our language center of our brain. But we need to access that linear language center while also evoking the nonlinear emotive sense-based world of the right side of the brain where language doesn't exist. But we need to do that simultaneously, which is really, really difficult. I think that writing yeah. is really hard for this. I think this is why we have all these neuroses and resistances because it's actually genuinely the most difficult thing. It's crazy. Who wants to like writers are crazy people going into this work. It's and on behalf of all the rest of us, so we can experience learning and stories and stuff. It's like, really they're, they're alchemizing yeah. a great deal of, of, of work for us writers do you do we do yeah. Yeah. and um so of course the, the 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 perfection exists idealistically in the mind before you start trying to do that tinkering out of it's very awkward like language not language yeah. language not language so um i think that this like write your worst book ever or have fun while you're doing it like it's even more powerful than um then you know go into the flow state because you can kind of think about how that can even be like kind of like mm -hmm. think about how to do but just actually having fun just yeah. actually stop caring about whether it's good or not good and actually do something that's playful if you yeah. can get to that point um while simultaneously having the fun of study because a lot of writers have really great brains that like to put things together that like to seek patterns and make connections and study and re some writers really love research right and interviewing and his historical um historical work and so if you can make the craft make learning the craft fun as well or following the the 30-day program make it fun if there's anything that you can yeah. make fun while also doing it instead of having to escape that's kind of the paradox that is the sweet spot i think when the yeah. work it's when you can make the work itself not feel like work then yeah. it, 
that's the powerful thing. And all these tricks of how to, how to play in the midst of your work, really, it, there's no joke. There's no joke. There's, it's, that's, it's really important. It's the good, that's the stuff. That's the sweet yeah. spot. You know, I'm so thrilled you just brought up because I, I forget, I think, how, like, why am I even doing this, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, like, why are we writing? Why, why am I bother helping other people write? Why, why am I now had this whacked out weirdo worst book ever program that's going to quote unquote trick people into writing? Why bother? Why am I, why am I even bothering this? But you just reminded me because writing is it, it, to put a, a simple word on it it's you know therapeutic it's therapeutic it's it is it's cathartic it mm -hmm. is uh, in so many ways and yes it's it can be difficult and a, as you said it's not maybe it's not as simple as as dance or paint or whatever because we have it's the linear and we have to think and it's intellectual and there's words and they have to flow and all that so there are elements that are difficult but you just reminded me of all of the positive. I mean, why? Why would I? Why would I even be doing this? Why are we doing this? Yeah. But because yeah. there is this, there is this gold at the rain at the end of the rainbow, and and or we're we're actually living on the rainbow, because we're always in the gold and we're always in the rainbow. But that's yeah, but you I have like to write to get there, and I think yeah. that's where yeah. don't spend the years. Hello, don't spend the years of wanting, dreaming, wishing, hoping, thinking, talking about wishing upon not doing it and not doing it because of the fear, because of the perfectionism, because of the high expectations. Because like you say, oh, Uncle Johnny says you're the writer of the family. Yeah. You're like, just... It's way more fun to just be in the rainbow. Yeah. It's way more fun in here. Like it's just much That's more a fun. Good title. <laughs> it's way more fun to just be in the rainbow. Is it like you think that looking at it is the most beautiful shimmering thing, but yeah. actually when you're inside it, it's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Wow. I think that wraps up nicely to one of our 14 proposed topics. Sure. <laughs> I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one. Let's, let's wrap up at the rainbow. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. To be continued on the other 13 topics, we um, could easily talk about for another 30 minutes each. And I, and I hope to, and I look forward to and Sarah Solucky Solecki. <laughs> it has been a joy, and I look thanks, forward to Patrick. our next call. And thanks Me for too. being here. Thank you. Bye.